Hello and welcome to Eden's Wisdom and Wellness for Women Parsha podcast. Parshat Baha'alotcha, finally. After nearly a year since we've arrived by Har Sinai, we're ready to continue our journey to Eret Yisrael. Only 11 days away, Moshe Rabbeinu turns to his father-in-law and invites Yitro to join us on this journey. Lacha itanu v'hitavnu lach, ki Hashem diber tov al Yisrael. Al natazovotanu, v'ya ki telech imanu, v'ya hatov hahu, asher yitiv Hashem imanu, v'hitavnu lach. Notice the word good, tov, is repeated a total of five times in Moshe's invitation to Yitro, a sense of the divine good that's about to overflow towards Yisrael, and even extending this to include others. The good that he's telling him is the good of Eretz Yisrael. What a great land. And as we're excited, Moshe Ravinu tells us, We're going to now continue our journey to entering Eretz Yisrael. But then what does the Torah tell us immediately thereafter? Story number one, the people complain. And all they see, all they can focus on is ra. And everything is bad. And how does Hashem respond to that? With tav ra, with ba'arabam ish Hashem, with sending them fire. But that's not enough because then there's another group that begins hitavu ta'ava. They lust. And what are they lusting for? They're not hungry like they were in Sefer Shemot after their supply of matzah was depleted and they really, they needed food for sustenance. Now they say, mi yachilenu basar. It's not just about the food and we're tired of the man. It's we're tired of how it's being provided for us. We're tired of having to go out every day and having this belief, having this emunah that Hashem is going to provide for us. And sure enough, Moshe responds this time in Pasuk Yud Uvenei Moshe Ra. Moshe sees that he as a leader has perhaps failed Hashem. And in the next pasuk says, Why have you put me in this evil situation? And sure enough, just a few verses later, pasuk tedvav, with regard to his relationship with the people, he says, Five times now, in the 15 sukim, following all the tov, tov, tov that we heard about, now five times the ra. We hear about the evil, the evil in Hashem's ears and the evil in Moshe's eyes. We hear of a psychological crisis facing Moshe Rabbeinu. From the loftiest heights, Moshe has fallen to depths of despair. What formerly appeared to be a movement towards the limitless good that Hashem would bestow upon Am Yisrael becomes now, as Moshe says, evil that Hashem has done to him by placing upon him the burden of leading this nation to the land that you promised the forefathers. And he concludes with a request that indicates that he wants to be released least from this task of leadership. Let me not see my misfortune. As elevated as Moshe's spirit was at the time that he invited his father-in-law, so deep now is his despair. And this is a natural reaction in face of such a great disappointment in the nation. And this is exactly what Moshe Rabbeinu turns to Hashem and says, Kenna, the first part of his speech, why have you done evil to your servants? Why have I not found favor in your eyes that you placed the burden of this whole nation upon me? Did I not conceive this whole nation? Did I give birth to it that you have said to me, carry them in your bosom like a nurse carries a baby to the land that you promised your forefathers? He's asking, why, why did I? Negating the existing situation in which Moshe is the leader of Yisrael. 
He says, why did you select me as leader? Where is the good that you promised? From Moshe's perspective, the giving of leadership is now an evil that Hashem is doing towards him. And in fact, Moshe feels that he hasn't found favor in Hashem's sight. And then Moshe continues, Pasuk Yugimel, from where do I have meat to give this whole nation that is crying to me, basically saying, giving, give us meat that we may eat. I'm unable to bear this whole nation. It is too heavy for me. Hashem, please, please kill me. And if I found favor in your eyes, let me not see my misfortune. Here, Moshe Rabbeinu negates the perception that leadership has been bestowed on the basis of some biological relationship with the nation. Like a mother and a child, here Moshe adopts a metaphor that's nothing more than Moshe's understanding of his role. Hashem has bestowed leadership upon him. And basically, he said, "And you have made me into a nurse carrying a baby in her bosom. From where do I have milk? Or where do I have, basically, he says, basar, to provide? And that's why this is such an important metaphor. And Moshe Rabbeinu is basically saying, even if you've asked me, he said, to be the mother of the child or the nursemaid, hanochi hariti et kol hamazeh, ki tomari He's asking him two questions. You gave me the child. Have you really asked me to carry them around as a, as a mother would for her helpless children? He says, even if that's the case, all I can provide is milk. May I and Lee Basar, where would I ever bring meat into this picture? Moshe Rabbeinu is expressing to Kadosh Baruch Hu that it's one thing if I can provide them with the milk, with their nourishment, but apparently, can they want more than that? The infant hungry for its mother's milk has undergone some type of metamorphosis and has become this angry nation demanding of its leader, who I understand could be a nurse, not to drink mother's milk, but rather to eat meat. And therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu, the nurse, asks, from where do I have meat? Here we find a revolutionary change that's taken place in the nature of Am Yisrael, the infant, and the relationship between the infant and its nurse. Moshe Rabbeinu is explaining, look, look, until now I've been a nurse carrying an infant, but now there's been a major change. Here there's a crisis, a nation, an infant is lusting after meat. And now the conclusion of the monologue. Moshe Rabbeinu teaches us that the crying of a nation lusting for meat, he says, how am I going to continue to lead this people? Because this is a story of leadership and crisis, not as we generally understand it, where the crisis is a result of the personal failure on the part of the leader or a loss of faith in him on the part of the nation. The crisis in our story arises from opposite circumstances. It's the leader who has lost faith in the nation. After the nation has revealed such a loneliness, after the nation has revealed all these ta'avot, its desires, Moshe Rabbeinu thought that he could nourish them, that he could provide them with spirituality. And what does Hashem tell him? What's the solution? It seems at first to be a very technical one. And gather 70 men of the elders of Yisrael, and I will then help you basically with the burden of the nation, and they will also share with you nivuah, they'll share prophecy. And is that is that the solution? And is it just a matter of sharing this burden? It seems that the problem is not just a technical one, but we need even more than this. So Hashem says, yes, it's not just about gathering up 
70 liters, but you're also going to relate to this particular problem of the meat. What are you going to do? Let's look carefully at the two solutions that HaKadosh Baruch Hu proposes. And both of them are built off of the same root of asafsuf, asifa, gather and gather to solve the problems of those that have gathered in their lustful complaints. This is another Mila Mancha that appears seven times here in the story. And as it does, Hashem says, okay, there are going to be two solutions. You're going to gather 70 elders who are going to serve as a a force of leadership, as a force of nevuah, as positive public leadership for the nation. In addition, we're also going to solve the problem of the lustful people. They're also going to gather their meat until basically they die. And within the story, we find another Mila Mancha. And this is the combination of the words of Basar and Ruach that we also find as a pair, as a Tzemen Mila Mancha in the Haftarah of Zachariah that we read this week. The Basar and the Ruach, the spirit that gives life to flesh. And without the Ruach, then the basar has no value. The word basar is repeated three times in the first half of the story. And corresponding to the desire to eat meat, the ruach is going to appear as well. That Hashem says you need the spirit. Hashem is hinting to Moshe that first the nation has to be dealt with through ruach. He is going to gather people who are going to have greater ruach, literally the 70 elders who will acquire some of the ruach, some of the spirit of Moshe. Moshe feels he can't deal with the nation that is now so, so distant from him philosophically. And Hashem says that, yes, there's going to be a bridge between yourself and the nation. These 70 elders are going to be elders from the nation. And on the other hand, some of your ruach is going to rest upon them. And therefore, there will be a symbiotic relationship between them. Moshe's ruach will now be drawn back into the machane of Am Yisrael. But in addition, Hashem says, ruach, the spirit is also going to bring the basar. And let's see, the people who just collect basar for a few days, a week, okay, they will still survive. They still believe that the man is going to come. But the ones who collect for 30 days and don't want to go out and collect from the man that Hashem has provided, those are the people that are going to die. And as part of the solution, we find a very strange narrative right in the middle. As Moshe gathers the 70 men around the Ol Moed, we hear that Eldad umedad mitnavim b'machane. A messenger runs to tell Moshe Rabbeinu about the prophesying of two people in the camp, and Yehoshua responds, "Moshe, doni Moshe, klaim, stop them." Because Yehoshua sees this as a threat, as a challenge to Moshe's leadership. But this is, in fact, just a proof of Moshe understanding the balance, of Moshe appreciating the goal of the ruach and the basar. The prophesying of Eldad and Medad is not to assist Moshe's leadership, but to help Moshe understands that there's actually a solution. Moshe realizes as he turns to Yehoshua and he says, no, halavai, and if only there would be more Nevi'im within the Machane. Hashem is showing Moshe that he's providing not just technical assistance, but rather he's going to strengthen the ruach, literally the spirit of the entire nation. And the fact that you can have spiritual people who would prophesy within the Machane this is the greatest antidote. This is the greatest balance to the 
tluna, to the complaint, to the ta'ava of the people. And therefore, what this week's parsha is really telling us is that in order to see the tov, you have to reach a balance between the basar and the ruach. Basar isn't always bad, but when it's going to be, as Moshe Rabbeinu says, the focus, when it's just about the basar and they forget about their reliance on HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Moshe says, what has happened? Again, I'm trying to infuse them with milk, with ruach, and all they can respond with is basar. This is really a challenge in our lives and certainly a challenge when it comes to, to understanding not just relationships, but physical desires in our relationships. As a matter of fact, this term ta'ava that we find in this week's parsha, very often as we see, we see it as bad. Again, they desired this meat. They focused on the basar. But what we also see from this week's parsha is that Ta'ava isn't all that bad. You just have to balance it with ruach. You need the proper spiritual guidance. You have to know how to channel it properly. And therefore, when we look at various sources, both in the Torah and certainly in Chazal, we see that albeit Ta'ava can certainly, as we see based on this week's parsha, get carried away with, again, the people who are going to be obsessed with the meat, who are going to collect 30 days worth of the slav. By the time we get to Sefer Dvarim, we hear that Hashem tells us, Ki Hashem that when we come into Eretz Yisrael and we want to eat meat, Ki basar, avat basar. Hashem says, okay, I got angry with you in the desert. And in the desert, you're not allowed to eat meat unless you bring it as a carbon to the Mikdash. But when you get to the land of Israel, then you can desire meat. And then it's okay. You can eat meat whenever you want, albeit you have to still slaughter the meat. You have to still cover the blood just like you you would in the mikdash and the parshanim ask wait a second is this tava is it good or bad why is hashem giving into tava why is hashem allowing us to lust for meat and the kliyakar has a beautiful explanation he says look carefully at how hashem words it he says you should have again the you should eat the meat kasher yochal et et ayal you should eat the meat the way that you would eat the animals, particularly that have to be hunted. In other words, don't eat meat every single day. Don't go out and eat all the, you know, the sheep in your backyard. Rather, eat only when you really work hard for it. When, for example, you would go hunting for it. And this explains the kliyakar is supposed to curb your ta'ava, to realize that it's not something that should come easy to you. But rather, you should channel your passions and your lusts and your desires and in a constructive manner. Maybe that's why Chazal also speak about a ta'ava mu'uleh, a wonderful lust, a wonderful desire when it comes to the lust that a man has for a woman and a woman has for a man. The Maharsha explains that in fact, the mitzvah of onah for the man to provi- provide pleasure for his wife is really to fulfill her desires, her passions. As Hashem had told Chava, in addition, obviously, to Piria Virivia. And therefore, Hashem Hashem explains the Maharsha wants the woman lehit avot, and this way the man can fulfill those desires. So again, is desire positive? Is desire negative? 
Are we supposed to have these desires? So yes, clearly, when it comes to a spousal relationship, but again, everything in balance. This is what this week's parsha teaches us, that we have to reach the balance between the basar and the ruach. Basar in and of itself is not bad. Hashem says, I'll provide for it. As Hashem provided it, actually, all these years together with the man. And the question is whether, as Moshe Rabbeinu understands, they only want basar and they don't want the chalav. They only want basar and they don't want the ruach. And Hashem says, I'll provide for the Ruach. Make sure the Ruach comes from the people. Make sure that the spirit, the Ruchniot, literally the spirituality, is going to complement and balance out all that Basar, all of that materialism, all of those physical desires that we have. And perhaps the Rambam says that the best in Hilchot Deyot, when he talks about reaching a balance, he says, for example, when it comes to eating meat in the fifth parak of Hilchot Deyot, he says, That you should only eat basar when you really have an appetite for it. He says, for example, a healthy person, it's okay if they have meat even once a week, particularly Erev Shabbat, Erev Shabbat. But if he has the means to provide for more, then it's okay for him to have more. But make sure, says the Ramvam also in Helchot Deyot, the very first chapter, he says, Everyone has, as we know, their own desires. And each one is different, one from the other. And people have different temperaments. Some people are more and susceptible to becoming angry. He says there are some people who just have these desires and they're very difficult to fulfill. He says, but one has to reach balance. One has to reach, and what we generally quote by the Rambam, Meshpil Hazahav, he says, Try to channel your desires for what you really need. Try to channel your passions. Again, and we think about this when it comes to certainly, again, physical consumption. Do we really need those extra cookies? Do we need that second piece of cake? But also when it comes to, again, physical desires within the realm of intimacy, Hannah, to reach a balance. He wants every other night, I want once a week, Hannah, to recognize and how we can infuse the basar with the ruach, Hannah, to realize, he says, that on one hand, that yes, there are certain times that our body, both physically, psychologically needs, that we can survive without, and other times that we can tell ourselves we can survive without this. See what really fulfills you. See if you've achieved the proper balance between the basar and the ruach. He says that's the derech of the chachamim. That's what it means to live a life of balance. And may, as we take a look at Parshat Bahalotra, understand that that's how we can then reform all the ra back into the tov if we only understand how to properly balance the vasar together with the ruach. And as a perfect continuation of this theme, Eden is providing tonight the continuation of the sexual health series with a men's sexual challenge and their interplay in marriage. How perfect this relates to this week's Parsha. Tonight, June 4th, 9 p.m. Israel time, 2 p.m. on the East Coast. Looking forward to you joining us at the Eden Center for continued inspiration on a weekly basis. Shabbat Shalom, Umevorach.